Our scripture today is from Deuteronomy 10, 14 through 22. Although heaven and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth with all that is in it, yet the Lord set his heart and love on your ancestries, ancestors alone and chose you, their descendants after them, out of all the peoples as it is today, Circumcise then your heart, and do not be stubborn any longer, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and who loves the strangers, providing them food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, him alone you shall worship. To him you shall hold fast, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise, he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things that your eyes have seen. Your ancestors went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Be to God. Thank you, Cheryl. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy to what you have to say to us today. Amen. The Reverend Dr. Trace Haythorne says this about the word welcome. In English, the word finds its roots in the compounding of well and come, though with significant, slightly different connotations that, than we tend to use today. The root of well could go in two directions. It could mean something close to our current understanding of wellness or well-being, but it could be stronger than that, implying desire or pleasure. Some scholars see a link between well and wheel, the root of our wealth. And thus, perhaps the word offers a kind of blessing. Come finds its roots in an old English, old English word, comer, comer, I don't know, um, that is, one who arrives, or perhaps closer to the Greek, one who is received. Thus, welcome can offer in its earliest sense an invitation to come and be well, or to be well in coming. Either way, it is an invitation to be received into the goodness of this new place, this place here that one has just arrived. Years ago, when um, the Dillon family still lived in Loveland, Colorado, some of you will remember this story, I've told it before, uh, my Jimbo met a young man named Davin who did a little work with him at his company. David was what you might call 
punk rock, before maybe millennials started wearing some of these um, styles, ironically, he had a colorful mohawk and not a short one. He had face piercings, and he often wore this long black duster coat. He was legit scary looking. But he was a sweet, sweet boy who wanted to know more about God, and so Jimbo invited him to church. Now, the church where we attended and where I worked was lovely. We loved the people, and they loved us. But they rarely encountered anyone in our midst, at least at that time, that didn't reflect a pretty traditional white upper-middle-class life. And so Jimbo, having extended this invitation, and this is when Jimbo still had hair, went out and got it cut short on the sides, long on the top, with a cross shaved in one side and an ichthus, a Jesus fish, in the other, and dyed orange, yellow, and purple. Nice. <laughs> um, that way, when David visited the church his first Sunday, that he wouldn't feel like an outcast, but would feel completely welcome in the space of the church. And it also allowed those in the church who knew and loved Jimbo to give this young man a chance. We continue our sermon series today called I See You, a series that focuses on the way that we see others and how God sees them. Today's scripture affirms that God did indeed choose the people of Israel to be God's people and to accomplish God's goals and plans. And it turns out that one of God's goals, one of God's plans, is of explicit welcome. Author Anna Maria Pineda writes, just as the human need for hospitality is a constant, so it seems is the human fear of the stranger. It's part of the human condition, I think, and many think, to see those outside of our own tribe, outside of our own group, as potential enemies or threats, especially if they look different, if they speak differently, if they eat different foods. And I'm sure that in ancient society, it was a means of survival to fear the other, to not let in the outsider, because an outsider might deplete your resources, bring different ways that threatened your community's structure, or infiltrate your community with nefarious ideas. As one commentary says, but a radical hospitality was central to the Hebrew identity. 
The risk did not define the people, their hospitality did. For they knew such hospitality was central to the character of their God. Circumcise your heart, says Moses through the law, and do not be stubborn any longer. In other words, don't be so closed off as to be unwelcoming to others. God's way doesn't exclude, it includes. God's way doesn't ward off, it invites. God's way doesn't cut off, it welcomes. The Bible is clear. As children made in God's image, we are to treat the foreigner or the immigrant with empathy, compassion, justice, and inclusion. Now that very specific passage that Cheryl read, the one of Deuteronomy 10 and that very specific 17 through 19, which says this is what we are to do and welcome, is not an isolated passage. It is part of a major theme throughout the Bible, starting in Genesis 1 and continuing through Revelation. Time and again throughout Scripture, God blesses those who treat the stranger with kindness and curses those who do not. So this Deuteronomy passage then illustrates the foundation of God's law and nature, unconditional love and justice and also models specific ways to treat the foreigner with dignity, with empathy, without partiality, and advocating on their behalf. Our author, Arthur Sutherland, points out the centrality of hospitality to God's plan. Since God will always be a stranger to us, receiving God is receiving a stranger, something different from us. Receiving God, therefore, is an act of faith, and so is receiving others. So I was meeting with a parishioner earlier this week, and uh, the conversation that I'll share with you is not the first one I've had of this sort of topic. I was meeting with a parishioner, and, and they were asking me, just kind of, you know, as we switched topics, um, if I knew if the United Methodist Church in Denver was organizing in any significant way to help the migrants who have come to our city. As you probably know, if you read or listen to the news, we are in a migrant crisis. Over 38 thousand asylum seekers have come to Denver over the past year. And many have found, who have found housing in hotels are being evicted or have been evicted. The city's budget is straining under all of the needs. And Denver's Mayor Mike Johnston has reached out to other United States cities to see if they might share the care of these migrants, of these families, of these children and their parents, and has either gotten a flat-out refusal or no answer at all. 
So I did some checking with some of my colleagues and um, some of the leaders of our um, conference of our denomination here in Denver. And to date, in our organization, um, we haven't had any particular organized events. But as I have been reaching out to some of my colleagues, I've been asking, have you found any ways to donate or volunteer? Would you be interested in sharing some of those efforts? What might we as United Methodists do? We have thousands of United Methodists here in the Denver area. Might we be able to make a difference for these people who are struggling right in our own backyards? Might we look at our scripture story and realize that these are the very people that God commands us to welcome? That they are not strangers, that they are not enemies, that they are not foreigners, but beloved children of God. So there is a list of organizations that are helping on the um, City of Denver website. I invite you to go check that out, see what um, places are taking donations. Um, I was asking very specifically some of my colleagues, where are you finding to volunteer? Um, Catholic Charities is one of the groups that might have volunteer needs. And I hope that as I find out more ways to be helpful and to offer welcome, that I can share those with you. And just as we are grateful for the ways that God has provided us community, enough of a value to get out on a Sunday, very snowy, slushy morning, or to join together from the warmth of a home, as we offer gratitude for that. Let us look for ways to be specific and explicit in our welcome to others. We are also grateful today and blessed that we are able to come together and share the sacrament of communion and be reminded in that sacrament that God invites all to the table. We practice this once every month, this radical hospitality. We remember in the United Methodist Church that none are kept away from the table. All are welcome to break the bread, to share the cup as we are unified as God's beloved children. So today we practice. And I pray as we leave this place, we may continue to practice that welcome beyond these walls. And as we give thanks for the welcome that we find here, may we continually be challenged to offer it to others. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.